Welcome back to another episode of Faith on the Go podcast. This week's episode is from Sunday, October 15th, 2023, the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy. Our first reading comes to us from the book of Isaiah, the 25th chapter. After a hymn of praise acknowledging God as a shelter for the poor, the prophet portrays a wonderful victory banquet at which death, which in ancient Canaan was depicted as a monster swallowing up everyone, will be swallowed up forever. The prophet urges celebration of this victory of salvation. We read, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. For you have made the city a heap, the fortified city a ruin, the palace of aliens in a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, strong peoples will, go- will glorify you. Cities of ruthless nations will fear you. For you have been a refuge to the poor, a refuge to the needy in their distress, a shelter from the rainstorm and a shade from the heat. When the blast of the ruthless was like a winter rainstorm, the noise of aliens like heat in a dry place, you subdued the heat with the shade of clouds. The song of the ruthless was stilled. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Our second reading comes from the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Though writing from prison and facing an uncertain future, Paul calls on the Philippians to rejoice and give thanks to God no matter what the circumstance. God's peace is with us and binds together our hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, especially when things around us do not seem peaceful. We read, My brothers and sisters whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Eurodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. 
Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the, pre in the, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 22nd chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who have been invited, Look, I've prepared my dinner. My oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, The wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. Those slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad. So the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, Bind him hand and foot and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. And I invite you to join me in a word of prayer. God, we thank you for this day that you have given to us and this opportunity to gather with your church. Speak again your word to us that we may know your peace which surpasses all understanding, that our hearts and our minds may be touched with the message of your victory over death, of your love that has entered into our world and its meaning for us. Come to us now that we may participate in sharing this word in all that it is bringing forth in us in this moment. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Let the church say, 
Amen. So we heard in that first reading from Isaiah, this is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. There are powerfully contrasting images in today's readings. An invitation to a royal banquet with all of its flourish and lavish appointments is compelling enough. But what drives Jesus' story is the ambivalent and even hostile response. While our attention often fixates on the king's rage and the weeping and teeth gnashing of an outer darkness, I wonder what is going on between the extremes of this story, of this lavish banquet that's being offered and the ambivalence and the rejection on the part of others. What is it about human nature that would scorn such an invitation, that would choose ambivalence and rejection over the richness of an abundant feast? And what is it that we're being invited into? What is it that we're being invited to share? What offers of Gracious hospitality and celebration are presented to us each day only to be made light of, misunderstood, rejected, or ignored. And what's going on with the hostility and the violence in this story, with our refusal to receive and participate in what is being set before us? The image of a wedding banquet shows up many times in the Bible, a description of celebration and joy that would have been familiar to the cultures of the ancient Near East. Throughout history, human beings have celebrated significant moments with food and drink, with gathered community reflecting a common joy. And the Gospels frequently depict Jesus at celebrations like this, And Jesus used them to describe the kingdom of heaven. What blocks our way to sharing this joy? The prophet Isaiah, in today's first reading, described monuments of human power in contrast to the wonderful, praiseworthy acts of God throughout history. Things like fortified cities, enigmatic palaces, strong peoples and ruthless nations, together with ever-persistent suffering of the poor and the needy, form the backdrop of God's faithfulness and steadfast love. Although we struggle to see it, this faithfulness protects and vindicates the poor and needy while reducing the powerful and the ruthless to a heap of ruins that will never be rebuilt. This is a prophetic vision, difficult for eyes that have been conditioned by the daily onslaught of the powerful forces of our world to see and comprehend. Instead, we witness the depressing and terrifying exercise of power through violence, and oppression, through the ongoing suffering of the poor and most vulnerable in our world, and a frustrating inability 
to change anything, a helplessness that seems to beset us all. It can feel as if we were all at the whims of impulsive forces in our world bent on destruction and chaos. Isaiah offered an audacious contrast through a vision of God setting a table for all people, laden with the choicest of food and the finest drink. It would be a celebration of death's defeat and the removal of the shroud covering the earth as God wipes away every tear and exchanges our disgrace for gladness and gratitude and joy. This is an audacious vision because of its stark contrast to the pressing problems and the urgent needs surrounding us. Who has time for a banquet when there's so much wrong with the world? But the point is not to party while the world falls apart. Rather, it is your invitation to realize love's victory, even in the midst of travail. Your sharing of something that is more powerful than sin and death. That sounds a lot like the work of Jesus. Today's parable was about the kingdom of heaven. And it makes a difference to hear it as a summons to a different perspective on this life rather than speculation about the next. Church, you have been invited to a royal celebration of the love that shares your humanity in Jesus, the wedding feast of the Lamb who was slain, who is worthy of honor and praise. But there are all sorts of other priorities and obligations at work in all of our lives. And the ways of this kingdom, of the kingdom that Jesus inaugurated, are a stark contrast to business as usual in our world. As Isaiah saw, this is where the poor and the vulnerable find refuge and relief, where the powerful of this world are humbled and the lowly are lifted up, where death's power to coerce and terrify is undone. Life in this kingdom, church, is more than just passive awareness. It's more than just kind of, hmm, well, that's interesting. <laughs> I wonder what's going on in here. Maybe I'll wander in for a little bit and kind of see what's going on. It's more than that, church. This invites your full participation and investment. The beloved psalm that we heard today, Psalm 23, think about it, church, that's more than just a description of a pleasant, leisurely stroll, right? I'm out for a walk today, and oh, there's some still waters and some green pastures, and mm, it's kind of a nice day today, and I'm just going to go along here. It's more than that, right? Psalm 23 has been read at hospital bedsides, in the midst of grief, at times of uncertainty and fear, and through life's most difficult and most joyful moments. 
And it describes God's accompaniment with you through all of these things and more. And the promise of your dwelling, your dwelling in God's house, a place that's been prepared for you. This is an invitation to journey in faith and trust, knowing who you are in relation to God's goodness and knowing why you are here, being fully engaged in the agenda of God's gracious reign. It is an invitation to join each day in this amazing party, the feast of love's victory over death. Amen.